Sparnik. Bruce Sparnik, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? Why are you coming fast? Right guys, so, welcome back. Alex is looking very Turkish. Yo. And grown set of legs. Um, the last few weeks for him has obviously been pretty rough at the dog end of prep. So, myself and Ryan are just going to chat shit on this one and when he's back to normality, we'll have him back on. Yeah. Um, I'm a... I'm a second option. I'm a plan B. Yeah, it's plan B. I feel, I feel valued. Mm. Mm. Well, we're going to one of the first guests we have lined up because we do have three mics here that we are going to get um, people on and do more interview kind of stuff. But, um, intro? Who are you? Um, yeah, it's my first time ever on anyone else's podcast. Oh, really? I've, we've, I've only ever done the like my two podcasts, the Part Time and the Level Up podcast. Mm. So I've never really introed myself on a podcast before. It feels weird. It's really times. weird, yeah. It's like, yeah. who would watch this that doesn't already know who I am? But... Yeah, standard living Manchester bodybuilder online coach. Really don't standard. think. Yeah, it's just like like the same as everyone else that's going to be on this podcast more than likely. Um, so yeah, you can just have a generic intro for everyone to get on. Mm. Nothing special, being honest. Like I don't have any mega accolades. I don't think I'd love to come in here and hype myself up. I guess, but I suppose I'm just too modest, too humble. Mm. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, honestly, just uh, moved to Manchester a little bit after you, a couple months after you, mm. uh, and then everyone else moved over. I'm my coach, uh, prepped the end of 2021, uh, took fifth in Classic PCA Derry. Uh, I'm competing in the Arab Body Classic, unfortunately, <laughs> um, and then the Alicante. I don't know the name of the show, just the Alicante. Is that the M Pro Classic? No? Is that Alicante? The, the, end, oh, of, the end of July Alicante, not the September Alicante. Right. Okay. Like, I don't even know what it is. And then potentially the, the true athlete, like the substitution for the Arnold, mm. and then maybe the British finals or, or one other pro qualifier. And um, yeah. I think it's worth actually kind of saying that because I don't think too many people actually know that there is no Arnold's this year. Oh, yeah. There's, like there's Arnold's no UK, Arnold's, like, yeah. we kind of found that out like at the Arnold's. Last year, because it wasn't supposed to be the Arnold's this year, apparently. Mm, that Something to sponsorship or not paying the athletes enough or something. I actually don't even know. To be weird, weird politics, but um, yeah, standard. Yeah, so he's going to be the true athlete down in London. Is it Tobacco Dock? That's in there for some reason. But yeah, um, end of August, so it's actually a couple of weeks earlier as well. Yeah, yeah. So, Harry Potter Classic, first show for you. How yeah. many weeks that? Uh, that's 17. Well, 17 in a couple of days. This is inside the 18th week. Um, feel pretty good a couple of people have asked me you know, oh, how's prep you know, I'm, I'm, this is my third week of prep it, it's not boring but like, there's, no, there's nothing happening yeah. you know, I, don't, I don't have anything to show yet you know, it's just I literally just got back on cycle first adjustment made nothing crazy going on you know, I don't think it should be crazy from the start like, I don't think you should like, prep day one yeah. and, like, I'm going mad I'm going yeah. all in because you're going to burn yourself out obviously when you're kind of a we do have that longer prep as well you can't just dive in at the deep end with a lot of cardio, low food, or high drugs even, because then you're just, you, you need that timeline. I think it's also respective to like the amount of total work you have to get done and your starting point. Yeah, yeah. Whereas like you started relatively lean, so it makes sense to just kind of, not linearly, but like pretty just consistently kind of dive you down. Yeah. Whereas I think taking that kind of reverse approach, which kind of caught a bit of a traction the last couple of years of like pushing hard out the gate, and then pull them back throughout the prep. Yeah. That makes sense for someone who has that. Yeah. Like, good I suppose. That, like, I suppose the, the kind of hard pushing for me was done. It was just kind of in the other direction, and yeah. then we kind of just chilled out. And then off the back of that, my body kind of just really leaned down and got kind of just got itself into a good position. We didn't diet. I was on high food, still having two offline meals a week, and we kind of just got to where I am now a little bit 
like fatter of course mm. pretty easily like zero actual dieting or kind of thought on body composition it was literally yeah. just kind of a limbo in between period just hold this body weight yeah. and then the composition just improved even even when I was cruising it you know continued to improve and obviously once that water weight comes off from the higher drugs it kind of showed the look obviously I was a little bit flatter a little bit less pumped up but the the look was better and better and kind of showed off the, the proportions and kind of what I'd actually built you know without just being full of gear you know yeah. like inflated yeah. you know yeah. It's very easy for people to kind of get to that point where like, they push everything to the extreme for the sake of the last few grams of tissue. Like, yeah. me at fucking tail end of my last push yeah. before that prep. Yeah. Like, that was, but like, we knew that as well. It wasn't like we were like oblivious to the fact that, like, right, we're getting a little bit unnecessarily fat because yeah. we're clutching at straws for every gram of tissue. Like, that was a trade off I was willing to take and then have that longer prep. Whereas this one's like, doesn't need to be as yeah. lengthy or aggressive. Yeah, because um, the tail end of that man got fucking got ropey, got nasty. Did yeah, the brown rain, mm. the fabled, <laughs> the fabled yeah, the notorious yeah. brown rain. Yeah, just shit on carried him on protein spare and just like yeah, yeah. I think we're at that size. I think between all of us now, we're all at that size where you can't prep like that anymore. Mm. There's no real, uh, just no, just no place for it at all. Like you know, that's like a eighty kilo men's physique guy mm. way of prepping. Like oh, he's not quite in condition. Three weeks out zero cardio like two yeah. hours of cardio yeah. and then these guys are like not so small but like obviously relatively they're so small to where we're at now you can kind of just throw a bit of cardio on two or three days or put your feet up and then they're fine yeah. whereas like people like us you know you're sitting at 121 mm-hmm. I'm like one, uh, 113 now you know there's a lot more muscle there and it takes a lot more longer to fill it out it takes a lot more resting to be mm-hmm. you know fatigue free Yeah. so it's not just uh, just like full throttle for the last three weeks and then hope yeah. hope you can fill it back up that kind of goes back to what we were talking about was it last night night before and sort of like at this body weight where you're kind of balancing fatigue but then like a little bit of guilt with that because you know yourself right I'm, I'm 120 kilos and I fucking feel it like, yeah. I need that extra bit of sleep but then you're also saying am I staying in bed too long to the point where it's actually a detriment mm. like should I just look and that's where like I've pulled that plug and this week just start doing cardio every morning just for that kind of like sensation of feeling a bit of routine yeah yeah, yeah. I, like when I was when I was 120, 121 I was like 121 for at least three couple of weeks and then just I just held that like 119, yeah. 120 it's fucking hard man you know and I did just let myself sleep in late I let myself take naps during the day like either a pre-workout or post-workout or both man like, you know you, you kind of just have to I wouldn't have lasted all that long at 120 if I was trying to do what I'm doing now I would just be so tired having, my training wouldn't be as good as having the work ethic that we have and also knowing what it takes in prep in terms of like getting up early getting cardio done then it's like you do feel that little bit of guilt about like yeah. oh fuck I've stayed in bed until like half seven and I had a nap mm. I suppose though with those kind of bigger pushes earlier in your career obviously if you're not going like all the way to the end in, in open like yeah, just, yeah. Your, your whole thing is going to be a big yeah. push like for me anyways that was my big push you know, I'll probably be close to my amateur cap mm. on stage, and then beyond that, I'll have like one more, not as big push as as in like the like total milligrams, but you kind of just have to take it on the chin, man. You know, no one's like no one's safer using their way up. No one's like oh, 25 grams of carbs here and there. Like the way you get to 120 kg isn't the way you get to 90 kg or 100 kg yeah, just yeah. again you know it's mm. it's it's a lot different yeah. like you're you're still only like one human you still only have like x amount of kind of recovery points or fatigue mm. points you can allocate throughout the week just because there's more of you doesn't mean it, you kind of just 
it's not the same thing over again. Yeah, yeah. Like, like your, your homeostatic point of where your body likes to sit is probably around 80 kilo. Yeah. So yeah. getting from 70 to 80 kilo is very different than 90 to 100, yeah. from 110 to 120. 100%, yeah. Like I said, uh, the way you get to, like the way you run 100 miles isn't just 10 miles 10 times. Mm. Like the, like ultramarathon yeah, type yeah. shit. Like it's, it's a different... It, it's a it's a different sport entirely. Yeah, like yeah. Oh, if you are if you are clueless, like I don't know a thing about running, yeah. so I am clueless. Like you could very easily look at that and say, oh, you're just running, but running more. Mm-hmm. Same with some of your clueless about really what it takes to be like you know one twenty like not fat one thirty not fat. Mm-hmm. You just say, oh, just do what you did to get to one hundred or one hundred ten, and, and just again, it. just yeah, do it yeah. again. It's, it's not that simple. Like and the the parameters for getting there are entirely different. Like your digestion, your just. Even even heading into training, full of stings. You could take five hundred megs, six hundred megs of caffeine, whatever. You could take a fucking super draw, a halo, heading into training in the off season, wrecked, absolutely wrecked, no drive. And sure, what's the point of all that body weight, all that food, all, all that drugs for fucking not? Like if you're not even getting into the into the session, ready to go, you know? So yeah, like you said, literally tightrope walking when you're at that level. Yeah. I can only imagine what it's like, say, for Mark Hodson. Yeah. Literally two ninety seven pounds, like one thirty four kilos. I think pretty sure it was one thirty five for a couple of days at the top yeah, end, yeah. like so three hundred pounds, like you know, it's no. But I, I can't imagine what so that's like. Yeah, mine was absolutely so fucking lean at that. Yeah, yeah, I can't imagine what that's like. Dyer said when they were in Vegas, it was like every, excuse me, every hour and a half, 150, 200 grams of rice, uncooked weight, muffins, mm. cookies, because they were doing steps, like you know, higher steps than you. Way more than that. That's in Vegas. It's just like said it, like, work non-stop. Yeah. Yeah, like that, the trade-off you have to take in terms of like your lifestyle. Yeah. Like I can't go out for steps for that long. Like yeah. I need to sit down in the shade. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> even like the tail end of my off-season there, well, like, even like kind of midway through the off-season, like last summer essentially, it was just hard. Like the, the amount of food we had to eat and like the amount you had to be like, like I can't even go into town for a browse, I can't go for a golf, I can't do this. Because I'm just gonna be on like 15k steps out in the sun. I'm gonna drop a kilo and a half tomorrow. Like, do you know what I mean? What, what do I even do here? Mm. So yeah, um, yeah. It is, there's a there's a lot of trade-offs. But anyway, we're gonna talk about some more hot shit today. So Yo. main thing we wanted to kind of discuss was the whole. I'm not even gonna like use the term toxic masculinity because that's where like oh, cool. yeah that's where like the big debate here is kind of coming in. But like just masculinity in general and like this societal perception of like traditional norms and um, a lot of people kind of what would you say a lot of people misconstruing the relationship between like traditional masculinity and like what would it be like narcissism like just like yeah it's such an outright yeah outright misogyny yeah. outright narcissism and just, just there is a difference yeah, you know yeah, yeah. I, I think, think people just they assume it's the same thing isn't it yeah they think like if you ascribe to any kind of traditional values as a male or if you uphold traditional masculine values which is what we're going to talk about that you're misogynistic and yeah. you hate women and it's like a hierarchical thing that yeah. you feel like you're above them and it really really isn't yeah. um, a lot of that kind of comes as pushback I think towards is it like the very leftist approach like feminazis like equal opposite mm. reaction it's like fairly straightforward like if you push so far one way you're going to get people that disagree and snap and push so mm. far the other way so like when everyone was kind of in the middle kind of neutral kind of okay Everyone was because there was no, uh, there was no like, give like two like there was no uh, Joker to your Batman like there was no extremes you know yeah. so like when everyone's kind of chill in the middle like a little bit different here and there like you know a little bit left a little bit right whatever that's fine but then when you have these extremists 
you're just, you're going to get the other end. Like yeah. you can't be an extreme left without, They're and then be conf- and then be confused why there's someone who who is the extreme opposite of you. It's like, yeah. what do you expect? Yeah, and like as cliche as it is, like the the answer will always lie somewhere in the middle. And I think the people who like uh, who show up on one end of the spectrum is typically an overcompensation against people on the other end of the spectrum. That's and I don't believe that is their true value. So, like, let's talk about Andrew Tate. Okay. Yeah, Australian, Australian. Like, I think there is a lot of value in what he says. There's also a lot of over exaggeration. I'm not sure how much of it is like a marketing ploy for the sake of like clickbait, yeah. getting people intrigued. Because again, it can't. It's not appealing to say, oh, this. But in the context of this, to put all these like, yeah, like very, very uh, specific, like, like tiptoeing around these topics. Like I don't think he would have been like sure if he was just like, oh, you know, you should kind of be a good guy and kind of look after women. But you know, at the same time, like if he was like yeah, very yeah. light with his words, no one would know who he is. Yeah, exactly. it's only really, like it, it, it is a marketing ploy. And I've said it before. I think this is my opinion on anything. If you listen to something online, or if you listen to anyone, and you are too stupid to discern uh, cold hard facts. Uh, opinion, humor, mm. marketing. If you can't discern these things, right? It's twenty twenty three. Social mm. media has been around long enough. Yeah. People, people have been selling stuff online, and you know, being able to people know people can make money online, mm. right? You should be well aware of all this stuff right now. It's very, very obvious. I said it on our podcast as well, um, just with Katie there. It's not even out as we're recording this. I said uh, to Katie, like, do you feel any responsibility talking about certain things on your social media? And honestly, I don't, right? There's obviously a certain level to it. I'm not telling young fellas to take, like, fucking grams yeah, out here. Yeah. But at the same time, if I make a joke about slamming Superjaw and you go take a load of Superjaw and hurt yourself as a fool, yeah. I don't care. You're a fool. You've made that decision for yourself. So the same way, if you look at Andrew Tate and you said, but he said this, and it's very obviously satire, very obviously an upplaying of an opinion that's, either you know semi-valid or you just just nicely disagree with if you if he's playing it up for marketing you should you should be smart enough to to yeah. discern that and i think if you oh but he said this and this what what you're quoting is very obviously marketing or like an upplay of his opinion mm-hmm. you're you just make yourself look like a fool you're saying i can't take social cues that's the thing I then you have so much work. <laughs> no like if you yeah. can pick up on yeah, social yeah. cues yeah. you're like Oh, I'm I'm socially inept. He yeah. said this. It's like you fucking dumb. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Literally, but I think a lot of people will jump on that, and because they have so much backing of other people who take these little clickbait pieces of information. So, like again, this is where I think the vast majority of this bad rap comes from is people taking like fifteen second clips from like a two hour interview, mm. completely out of context, saying, "Oh, this is what he stands for," or whatever, blah 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 blah. But then you also have a plethora of people who say who also look at that clip being reshared and say yeah he's bad blah 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 mm. blah and then it's just a kind of echo chamber of like the public opinion of that individual like we were speaking about last night in the with John mm. like people don't people don't know <laughs> <laughs> people aren't in the know about the full context of the full picture mm. that they just ascribe to whatever the the narrative is at that time. Mm. So I think, I think as well, uh, just like being a 
I think it's like, you know, it's like spatial awareness, it's like online awareness. Mm. Like, everyone's aware of, like, you know, the algorithm. I don't know, that's not like a conspiracy thing. Like, you like certain things on TikTok mm. or Instagram, it'll show you more of that. Obviously, if you're seeing a, a pro or, a, you know, pro or against Andrew Tate or, like, certain topics, and you're liking the pro and you're, you're not engaging with the, the yeah. negative, like, obviously, you're going to get more of the, the positives and then less the negatives, and then vice versa. Mm. So you should be aware of that. It's like, oh, all, all that I'm seeing... Is, is very bad about this guy, or all I'm seeing is very good about this guy. Again, you should be self-aware, like aware of social media pushes you content that you're going to engage with because yeah. social media is a business. It's a very difficult point. It's it's the most obvious point. Mm. That's like when people. That's why same in the like what we do. For a while, uh, people like get really really boxed in. It's because they they only have such. Uh, they have a very narrow scope. They're only seeing so much because it's only the people that follow and then they like a certain content and then it gets shown certain content to them. And they're only seeing this one idea, this one uh, mindset or whatever. It's the same. And then that's all they do. Yeah, yeah, it's all an echo chamber. Social media creates these echo chambers through this algorithm. Yeah. Whether you think that's a conspiracy theory or whatever the hell you call that. People are like, it's, it's a marketing point. It's like they want to show you what you like so that you yeah. keep going back and liking yeah. what you like. Right. It's basic as yeah. like if you but it just on. means you don't get the full picture and you can't have that yeah. debate. And this is why I really enjoy kind of getting into these conversations with yourself, with other yeah. people who have contrasting opinions who won't just like barrage you for whatever you say. Mm. Okay, let's have an open discussion because our, their opinions and views are very dimorphic. So let's try and see like where these somewhat conjugate and mm. play off. I think as well, we spoke about this yesterday. I think if you are on any way. You know, say if you have one opinion and someone else has a very, very different opinion, that's okay. Mm. And once both of you are just smart enough mm. and you know, socially aware enough to just have a conversation and not just blow up on each other, or what's even worse is when when you try and open up a discussion discussion with someone, or say they try and open a discussion with you, and if you provide good points, they'll just kind of cut it off. Mm. And I'm like, oh no, like. Like you let me know where I'm wrong. Like you know, we can both benefit yeah. from this. And they're like, no, you're just this, you're just that. Yeah. And then that I think to me, anyways, that just invalidates whoever just kind of cops out of it. Because mm. what what you're saying basically is, I have no um, like I'm nothing valid to yeah. say. I can't have any recourse yeah. with you in this discussion because I'm too like triggered by your yeah, opinion. yeah, yeah. Like how do you actually get to the root of it then? Like imagine if that happened at like, and it might do like at the highest level in politics where it's like fucking two opposing parties going into the dollar into the fucking whatever, what's it called here 12 down the street whatever it is no idea whatever if, I think that's what you do actually um, but like people just say no I'm not having this conversation yeah it's like or, I disagree with your point and they, start throwing, and they start throwing names around yeah. I think it's absolutely fine to say look we have different opinions excuse me again we have different opinions that's cool you know you can, you can have yours and I can have mine that is totally fine I don't think people realise it's okay. It is. It's yeah. a good thing to have different opinions than people because if you're smart enough to have a back and forth, like I said, you're going to learn something. They'll learn something, and you don't have to dislike people because they have different opinions. True. My sister would be traditionally slightly to the left. I still yeah. talk to her. Yeah. We'll disagree and have a discussion because my sister's a smart just, person. Not just you talk to her. You probably have better conversations. Yeah, because we challenge each other as yeah, well. Exactly. Like, like she lives in Hawaii now, so she's on a bit of a different time zone, but a big, mm. a lot of a different time zone. <laughs> But uh, we still go back and forth on like some topics on like say social media, just like you know things that are in the news, and she'll have different opinions. I'll be like, oh yeah, but what do you think about this? And it just usually ends with us like sending each other cat memes. Like it, it, it doesn't affect <laughs> yeah, our relationship at all. 
like my sister is really smart, right? And I'm really smart. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I'm able to have these conversations. And it doesn't affect our relationship at all. It shouldn't. The way it should be. Yeah. So I think a lot of that opinion on how you're interpreted by people is going to come down to like how you express yourself in terms of like tone of voice and mm-hmm. like not just um, in terms of when you're delivering um, active information but even possibly so the way you carry yourself conduct yourself not just social media but like let's say a lavish lifestyle mm-hmm. I think that's also where a lot of people will get that negative connotation with Andrew Tate yeah. whereas on the other side of probably the same coin maybe from the same side you have Jordan Peterson who kind of promotes like a very similar like approach to masculinity and like upholds the traditional values mm. of masculine men and appreciates their value in society. The way it's kind of phrased that Jordan Peterson talks about it is like if you're the type of person who's like sitting at home and you're like angry and malicious towards females mm. for not liking you, yeah, you odds are that's your fault. Yeah. Because you're not the type of person because you're being petty about it and resulting in inaction rather than actually putting one step forward mm. and this is what we kind of talk about in terms of like masculinity traditionally is active pursuit mm. and actually like putting one step one, putting one foot in front of the other and pursuing whatever it is that's kind of valuable to you at the time and creating some um, social economic structure safety net whatever um, upholding traditional values with like looking after your partner all that stuff is like very valid it doesn't have to be the status quo Mm. I will say that like it's not saying oh that's the way all relationships can be yeah I don't think I don't think that's what either of them are saying I think they're saying that if you like both of them speak about if you're a man and you feel this way Mm. negative emotions like you you hate yourself you hate how you look you you don't earn money you don't like how uh, like your your relationships with with women go generally if this is the case then try this Mm. I don't think I I haven't heard again someone might pull up a a clip where they have said this I don't think either of them or anyone within that camp, I suppose, has said, this is for everyone. This is how everyone should live their lives. This mm. is right. Anything else is wrong. I don't think any of them have said that. If they have, that's stupid. I wouldn't be surprised if Andrew Tate has, but I think that might be, again, more so American. But probably. again, I'd have to see the clip, yeah. and see the context around the clip, and see if it's a big play-up. Mm. Do you know what I mean? The, the, remember, he talks about vapes. He's like, breathe air. Like, yeah. you know, he, he, just, he jokes about that shit, but he used to, back mm. in the day. You know, I think if you're not able to take stuff, yeah, you know whether I it's think a, the whole masculinity, it's more so the capability of doing these things rather than rule set that you have to abide by. Does that make sense? As in, as in, you should be capable of actioning yourself into positive forward motion and. Um, not having excessive negative self-talk and constructing kind of some fabrication of how everyone else is and how the world is unfair to you as an individual. It's kind of like pity, parody. Yeah, it's a victim mindset. And I think the the reason the left seem to hate both of them so much and just seem to belittle them. Like I've seen seen comments about JP, oh, he clearly has all these issues. It's like, you just rip this guy for trying to help people and then rip him about having, say, other issues. It's like, where is the logic? Uh, yeah, I think that victim mindset is very left. Like it's just the, the whole left side of it, isn't it? It's like I'm oppressed. You know, everything is painful. Everything is against me. You know, we should all work together to not have anyone as a victim, never have anyone offended or anything like that. 
you know, you said this, I'm a victim of this hate crime, I'm a victim of uh, your words or your thoughts, or I'm a victim of pronouns. prejudice or, yeah, pronouns and all this. It's like, man, if you just get out of that victim mindset, you know, so whatever. Like, I'm sure there's been things that happened to you when you were younger that you were fucking down bad, sad about. You could have sat there like a loser and felt sorry for yourself mm-hmm. and just, you know, uh, drank your issues away, Eating your eating your feelings, that kind of stuff, and that's you just being a victim to yourself. Yeah. Whereas and if you just say, "Look, you know what good comes of that? Fucking nothing. Nothing. Like we've been there as well. Yeah, we've been 100%. in similar situations. Where it's like, whether it be with wreck drugs, alcohol, um, sex addiction, um, food, just like, just outright, just just cheap dopamine. Yeah. Just cheap dopamine because you have nothing else to do. And you can lean into that, and it's infinitely available, especially these days. Mm-hmm. And you know, you're just a victim to yourself and to whatever else happened to you. And that's it. That, and then that's pretty much. If you, if you don't get out of that, that is the rest of your life forever. You, I've seen people yeah. who have, when I was in like secondary school, who started going down a bad path. And they're literally the exact same, just worse off. They still, you know, take, take drugs, just eat shit food, feel sorry for themselves, mm-hmm. have made no progress. And you just know that you're going to go back into your, your hometown in 30, 40, 50 years and they're going to be the same people doing the same things, still feeling sorry for themselves, still thinking about some girl that was 21 and broke their heart or the time that they got fired off the fucking rugby team or something yeah. or one friend did them bad or whatever. They're still feeling sorry for themselves. Grow up, like, yeah. literally grow up. And I know... Rich again, rich coming from you guys. Oh, you've, you're so much privileged. Yeah, grand. But again, it is relative. Just because someone has a worse situation than you doesn't mean you can't feel bad. <coughs> if that was the case, the, the only person that could ever feel sorry for themselves or feel bad is the one worst off person yeah. in the world. And how do you even know who that is? Like, if we said, Oh, I feel bad, you could be, Oh, there's a homeless guy outside. And then we could say the homeless guy, oh, you feel bad, but there's yeah. people with no food. They're and no clothes. Doesn't and then there's, yeah, and then there's someone who, say, lives in a like, third world uh, Africa or whatever, and you know, they eat, uh, they're, they're starving. It's like, oh, wait, but then there's people who are being, uh, you know, say, uh, raped and sexually yeah. trafficked. Oh, they're, they're worse than you, so you should feel great. Yeah. And then they say, I'm sure there's people who have it worse off than those people. Do you it's know what I mean? Deflected. And it's like, you're just, but no one can feel bad because someone else feels worse. Mm. It's all relative. All relative. Yeah, so that's the thing. Like, there's nothing wrong with you feeling bad. This is what we're trying to like conjugate here, and this is where can we talk like agitates opinion on like depression. Like, I can't be depressed. Yeah, I think that was one of the the hot topics. Like, mm. again, obviously, that is playing up an idea yeah. of depression exists, but if you give it power, it's going to yes. wreak havoc on your mind. So he's literally just put himself in a mental state where he doesn't believe in it. He's yeah. not saying, and I think they discerned this very well in the interview with Pierce Morgan that like. It's not that he doesn't believe it exists. He just believes that he can't be victim to it. Yeah. And I think if you if you genuinely have that mindset, it would actually be very difficult to fall victim to depression. Exactly, exactly. Like you can have depressive symptoms. Of course, everyone probably everyone has went through some like low period at some point, even if it's like as yeah. as like seasonal depression. Yeah. Like lack of sunlight, kill we can fix that. But if you don't do anything about it, yeah, of course that shit's going to get steam. Yeah, and as well, like it's. <laughs> I, I just I, I don't know how you could ever hear him say that and be like, hmm, he is completely discounting people who feel sad. It's like obviously use basic common sense. It's like can you not see the message he's trying to get across? Yeah. Like, don't feed into yeah, it. Like, 
we have books, we have movies, we have poems. All of these things are like analogies. They have lessons about other things. It's like, can you literally only take things at the absolute most face value? Like zero critical thinking. Yeah, it's like have you like never seen a movie where it has a deeper meaning? And when you just never thought about that, you're like, oh, that was just the most basic movie ever. It's like, yeah. think into it, think about it. That's one of, one of my things, you know, people are like, we're, we're, people watch avatars, like, wow, so like colorful. Yeah, bro, they're so blue. It's like, just look a bit into it. Yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. great and all that, but then look a bit into it. It's the same thing with all these like bullshit phrases that get thrown around on social media. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the, like even Jordan Peterson, uh, like motivational speeches. It's like, do you not think about what he's actually saying here? It's like, have you just heard this sound or read this passage? And oh, that's, that's a nice few words there on that page. Jeez, yeah. Don't think about it. Just sit down and be like, hmm, what does that mean? Yeah. Like, let me think about this, how it applies to me. Like, if I watch a fucking Jordan Peterson podcast that goes on for an hour and a half, I'm spending three and a half hours on it. Yeah, you're just, like, you're pausing. How do you think? Like, what does that actually mean? In what context? How could this be different? How could this apply to you? And then you think situationally, and I think that's where you'll, like, withhold a lot of the information you take on board when you can actually rationalize and put it in the context of, like, your own life mm. and people around you. If you can genuinely, again, have that bit of critical thinking to actually sit back and say, okay, when does this apply? When have I seen this before? Yeah. Who could this be specific or valuable to? Mm. That's when shit will actually sit with you and you'll be able to parse out, like, just talking for the sake of talking to something with a, like, deeper meaning. Yeah, even as well, like, you, like, you don't even have to, like, sit down and dissect every single podcast from every, mm. you know, pseudo-intellectual, whatever, that you ever, that you know, or, like, read a book and get your highlighter out and, you know, like, be like, studying as if you're in school again, right? Just listen to podcasts, put on double speed, man. If there's something profound in there, it's going to jump out at you. Mm. Uh, one that I literally just thought off the top of my head, like, on the spot was uh, the New Goggins book. I listened to the audio book yeah. and he spoke about on one of the races he went in, he said David Goggins went into the porta potty. Goggins uh, came out. Yeah, he said what he said, David went into the porta potty and Goggins came out. I was thinking about that and I was whoa like yeah. obviously he doesn't literally mean a different yeah. person came yeah. out. I just you just think about it and be like, whoa it's like he's taking on the persona of someone that is hardcore. It's like, whoa, that's amazing. And think that's what it. Tate says with depression. Yeah. It's like it's I this, have this image and this persona yeah. where like I am like what what would say like immune 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 to immune to depression yeah bounces off me cool. yeah like I remember when I was like I'm sure everyone has had like you said uh, sad periods if you're uh, like if you're whole who you are like your self identity yeah. is oh, that depressed guy yeah. do you know what I mean and I remember that was me in college for a while like to, to a couple of my close friends oh sad Ryan big sad Ryan <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, just bullshit. Like, yeah, or like, yeah, yeah. if you base your entire personality around, like, oh, yeah, I have, uh, I take antidepressants and, like, you know, I'm not kind of that, like, I'm off the hook. Like, mm. what the fuck are you doing, man? Like, you're you're leaning into negative emotions. Like, yeah, I'm the anxious guy that has horrendous anxiety and I freak out all the time. It's like, yeah. what? Is that who you are? Is I am all? anxious. Yeah. I am depressed. Yeah, yeah. And I struggle with anxiety or I struggle with depression. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's, just, it's how you frame crazy. yourself. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Have a bit of, like self-identity, you know, give yourself, and then this, pe- people who are, like, who wouldn't like our opinions would be like, oh, you're talking about self-identity, but then when I identify as this, you give out to me, it's like, like apples and oranges here. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you to identify yourself as a good version of yourself, not identify as something like, say, whatever. Selfish. Yeah, like, obviously then as well, uh, that's like pushing it too far, or that's outrageous, but then like, where do you draw the line? That's that whole thing. Mm. But, um, yeah, Jesus Christ, people are just Sometimes, man. Sometimes. First is real. Yeah, yeah. So I think uh, 
there's toxic masculinity, toxic femininity, and then I suppose real or traditional, and then mm. of both real, real traditional masculinity, and then real traditional femininity. Um, and we just said, obviously, toxic masculinity, toxic femininity is just an overlap of just narcissism in general. Mm. Um, and I suppose what that would be just, just general narcissistic traits, like, um, you know, people being just vessels for you to, you know, further your own means, not really caring about how other people feel because all you're trying to do is, you know, gain, gain from them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then obviously, when you see narcissism in people who are on the, on the other side, I suppose, it's just, I'm like the most victimized, you know, I'm the most oppressed in society. You know, everyone should look after my feelings and, you know, we should, we should group together and sit, like identify together and that's, yeah, I think it's good to kind of just check in and kind of give ourselves like a working definition of narcissism because like it does get thrown around a lot, and that's yep. what we just had to like double check there. There's a there's a lot of terms that overlap, and then a lot of terms that are just thrown out there. Like without the being, there is going to be an overlap between like yeah. narcissism, Machiavellianism, blah blah blah. Mm. But like narcissism, as we put it, it's kind of like just excessive, egocentric. Yeah, it's just yeah. Narcissism, in the most simplest sense, is big ego. Yeah. Right, people think big, big ego. Oh, they must think they're the best. But no, it's when it's I'm. Yeah, it's, well. it's yeah. both. It's it's only the extremes. It's mm-hmm. when I am bad, I am the worst, as yeah. in like most hard done. Yeah. But then when I am the best, I'm the absolute best. I'm the you know top mm-hmm. of the world. It's it's only the extremes. Um, people just think narcissism is just like oh, a bad, a bad person or like guy who loves himself it's like it goes deeper than that I think you need to know both sides because then that's why people don't realise that uh, like people who are always the victim are narcissists it's like just get a dictionary like, yeah. like you're throwing around these words like oh, misogyny this and all this it's like you don't even know what they mean yeah true now I think what I suppose what we consider uh, masculine traits uh, what I would consider positive masculine traits and positive uh, yeah, because we have actually like really identified that we talked yeah, about yeah, it. Like, we just kind of talked about all the bad stuff and like how people think this and think that, but I don't think we've given a de- definition for what we're what, what we're we, subscribing to. Yeah, what we ascribe traditional, real masculine traits in a positive light yeah. without them becoming that narcissistic, tos- toxic masculine yeah. traits. Yeah. So what would that be? So I think uh, being mentally stable, as in mm. being in control of your emotions. Mm-hmm. Being critical, like critical thinking, having being self-aware, knowing what you should do and why, and kind of irregardless how you feel. That's why you see, you know, uh, men who work, you know, physical jobs. Those would be uh, traditionally masculine, men, like builders. You know, mm-hmm. hard labor to provide for the family, providing for people. Um, I suppose that's the most simplest way I can do. It. I think that's encompasses masculinity, isn't it? Yeah, and this kind of we mentioned this briefly earlier, but it's like you don't. That's what we ascribe like traditional masculine roles or traits to, but it doesn't mean that is the only way things have to go. Like you mm. can have a marital or non-marital relationship with your partner and have very non-traditional values. That's absolutely fine. But yeah. it doesn't mean you can't possess these non-traditional roles. Yeah, and that, like I you still that. have the capability to kind of do what needs to be done when you don't feel like it. So I think people would. Uh People would say you either have all the masculine traits and none of the feminine, or all of the feminine and none of the masculine. There can't be any overlap, I suppose. But then I, I, th- I think you know uh, myself and yourself would have some feminine traits. You know, when people uh, you know, care about how you look, I suppose you could say that's a traditionally feminine trait. Yeah. Uh, I suppose back in the day, you know, men were just covered in shit and mud, like you know, way, way back. Mm. Uh, it wasn't really a, a thing to 
uh, really care about how you look. Also, like introspection and the fact that we could have like pretty fucking deep conversations. Like the amount of times we've kind of sat down over the last few months and it's like somewhat of an intervention or just kind of like mm-hmm. seeing where you're at mentally. Like, still, I suppose, would that willingness, willingness to be like open to your emotions and discuss them might be classified as a traditionally feminine trait. Yeah. However, we take that like masculine role but then like action on it mm. it's not just kind of sitting in our emotions so again that's not me saying that's all the females mm. do obviously that would be very short sighted of me but again it's kind of like having that overlap and that balance between the two whereas we watch those fucking videos on YouTube where it's like people expressing how men should be more feminine mm. and like it's, it's again it's that overcompensation to the other side yeah, yeah. where it's like they are triggered by the perceived pressure of like the toxic masculinity so they go the complete opposite way and they try to be as feminine as possible mm. instead of saying, right, I'm like, not quite there. Let me try and like move along the spectrum. Yeah. I just have the capacity to do so. But then even if you want to take a perfect example of that, would be, uh, JP would be a quite feminine man. Yeah. Very high in negative emotion. Yeah. Very kind of outward with his emotion. And sometimes kind of emotionally volatile. You know, he's cried on pretty much every interview. People take the piss out of him for that all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, be highly fashionable or whatever. And people even want to uh, rip how he talks. You know, so there, there's all that. But then he, he's such a big advocate, advocate even for... You know, taking on those masculine roles, doing the hard stuff, you know, looking at yourself and being like, what could I do better? Still getting on with it. Yes, still getting on with it. Under siege of all that criticism and all the, like, health issues with his wife and his daughter Mm -hmm. and, like, constantly under fucking barrage by, like, social media in every context possible and he just keeps doing what he needs to do. Like, that's the fucking masculine side that Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people overlook. Mm -hmm. 100%. And then I suppose traditional feminine roles... I don't want to get this wrong, though. Okay. So, there was actually a study that I heard actually Jordan Peterson talk about, where um, it was in that interview with Joan who got the sex change and then realised she didn't want a sex change because mm-hmm. she'd done it when she was 15 or something. Mm-hmm. And it's ridiculous because um, practitioners in, I'm not sure if it's US or Canada, maybe both, um, they can't oppose like uh, sexual dysphoria. So, mm-hmm. if a 15-year-old kid comes in, or even 13 they have to let it happen girl says I think I'm a boy they say cool they can't say why they can't question which is like fucking ridiculous okay. like that's a slippery slope but anyway um, there's a study done they kind of parse out the um, sexism in the workplace give like non-traditionally female roles to females mm. um, so like giving females like like we said like labour jobs mm. um, whatever and it's strange because in the Scandinavian countries where there's the most equality between roles mm. like gender to gender percentages I believe females still express more negative trait in those countries than any other so even though they have more equality they don't feel any more um, what would be the word here fulfilled yeah fulfillment okay Okay. Which is very uh, strange. I suppose, again, obviously, just preface. It's all a generalization. What works for some won't work for all. Mm. Every single man shouldn't do the masculine stuff. Yes. Every single woman shouldn't do the feminine stuff. Very straightforward. Mm. Um, but I suppose traditional feminine values, without getting it wrong and kind of actually thinking more into it, because I don't think feminine values have been as opposed as masculine values. Um, mm. As in, people aren't confused about what uh, women do now and say what, what they should do. People are a bit kind of, the water's a bit muddied on what masculinity is, 
what's good about it, what's bad about it. Mm-hmm. I think that was where the main confusion was. But I think femininity is staying at home with the kids, cleaning. Like that's not femininity. That's looking after your partner. Mm-hmm. But then, uh, in, as a man, you or as the other end, you look after your partner in the other way, you yeah. know, providing, etc. You know, physically, whatever. You know, so it's not. Or staying at home with the kids, cooking sandwiches. Like, well, so providing emotionally. Because mm. yeah. that's typically traditionally what men are shit at is being emotionally vulnerable. Mm-hmm. People see the these masculine values as a obstacle for equality in the workplace. Yeah, I don't I don't think people are obviously so I'd say some people are, but I don't think people are as kind of up in arms about feminine values and traits. Like I don't think Toxic femininity is as a Post. as like a common phrase. Maybe maybe this what is what is toxic femininity? I think like the the, the internet uh, feminist, like the yeah, feminazi, uh, yeah, all those kind of traits would be like bad, <laughs> not not good. Like I, I don't think that's even shooting for equality. Is it? it's kind of shooting for like women are the overcompensation. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it's just swinging it so far the other way and kind of. Then they'll talk about the patriarchy, and I suppose traditional feminine and masculine roles then do overlap because both, obviously, you know, this is in a, a relationship. Uh, both are looking to be kind of like a, an emotional mm. provide, like a, yeah, what would you support, say? yeah, emotional support for the other person, or at least mm. they should. Uh, and then both are looking to provide for the other person. Uh, but what that what, what they may be providing could be different. So say yeah. say if one person stays at home and does the housework and takes care of the kids. And maybe if one of the people go out and work, both are providing, but both yeah. are providing in different ways. Yeah, it's a collaborative um, effort. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, like exactly. It's a collab rather than a, like a like a tug of war, like yeah, oh, I'm yeah. doing this much and you're doing that much, you know, you need to be giving me more. Uh, I don't even know, I think it was like, you know, is your man Steve Harvey? I think he was talking about marriage or something. It's not, oh, it's 50-50, you should be like 100-100. Like yeah. you should be giving your all and they should be giving their all. And that's how you get, you know, real productive relationships and it should be looked at as a, you know, a, a duo, like a squadron, like a team, rather than you're playing yeah. against each other, but then also you're both yeah. supposed to win. Hmm? It's a yin and yang, filling in the gaps of what the other person Yeah, yeah. One mean. person should enable the other to do their best and, and vice versa. Like you should bring out the best in each other, you should challenge each other. Um, and I suppose, yeah, like I said, the... the masculine and feminine values of providing uh, being like an emotional rock an emotional support for the other that overlaps uh, I'd, people would assume that mean you think oh traditional feminine values is cooking and cleaning yeah, staying yeah. at home with the kids we never said that right if that's like it's well, these days man, the, the economy is so poor like most people you couldn't work you can't work a minimum wage job and do that so that's yeah, out, yeah. out of the question so I don't think anyone's actually asking anyone to do that yeah. if you if you are a part if you are a, a man or a woman and you earn like 200k 250k a year and one one of one of you wants to stay home grand yeah. you know and I think as well people uh, people sometimes take uh, I'd like my wife to stay at home and take the care of the kids they take that as a negative thing Whereas I heard someone put it just in a in a different way, um, I think that I no, the, the way it was said was, I value my wife raising our kids so much that she's the only person that I would trust yeah, yeah. to raise them. It's like you're looking at something that could be positive or could be negative, and you're just choosing the negative. Mm. Obviously, you want your kids to be raised by 
your your partner, and that's who you trust yeah. the most to raise your kids. Because you respect their values, and exactly. you have the confidence that she's going to entrust her values yeah. in your offspring, so that you have the confidence that they will lead a like fulfilling and like whatever. Yeah, life. exactly. Yeah. So you can be like, oh, is she not worth you know more than that? It's like you're you're just choosing to look at this negatively. Yeah, and obviously we can we can do any like you know if it's. If it's two men and they adopt the kids, two women and they adopt the kids, that's fine. Mm-hmm. And if, you, if one of you want to take on a traditional masculine and traditional feminine, or if both of you want to be... When you put it that way, that actually sounds like such a fucking compliment. Like, if I was to say a home dad, and then you phrase it like that, it's like... It's, I, the, I, it's I, the biggest compliment. I respect your values so yeah. much, I wouldn't want anyone else to I wouldn't dare trust anyone else to influence and raise my children other than you. Even if that means I have to work twice as hard to yeah. earn twice the money to support our family. And I, ha- and I have and to spend less time. And that's apparently a bad thing. Yeah. If I have to give up some of my time with my family to work more because I need you to raise mm-hmm. our kids because you are the best person in the world to do it, mm-hmm. that is okay. And, and that is apparently a toxic masculine yeah. uh, thing it's to misogynistic. say. Yeah, that's misogynistic. Mm-hmm. I think that's ridiculous. Uh, but again... You can look at things and you can take it in one way or the other. And if, if you want to look at that as a bad thing, that's on you, I suppose. Like, if your kid is just thrown into, you know, if you, if you want to throw your kids into boarding school because you couldn't be arsed taking care of them and you're, you don't see your kids anytime, you, you don't even know who your who your kids are learning from. Sure, all the schools these days, they'd be probably teaching them wild shit. Who knows what? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. It is a, it's a sticky one. I don't want to think too much into, like, raising kids. So it's not on the horizon. Just yet. Yeah, yeah, I suppose if I, if I was like, I'd have a kid now. Yeah, I'm 24, man. I'm only 26, man. I'd have a kid now. If I, if I earned like a double, if I earned double what I earn now, and I was like, we like more, had a mortgage on a place, I'd have a kid now, 100%. 100%. Interesting. Yeah, 100%, man. Like, oh, like that, that, that'd be my only barrier. And then as well, having a, a bit more time as like a, like a, a young married couple, mm. but having that time in the first place yeah, and getting yeah, that and doing that, that would be my only barrier. But yeah, I, I understand how to get now. Will I have watch this? No, watch absolutely this? not. No, okay. she won't. Good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's a few very kind of like sticky topics there, so obviously we're going to be like very um, cautious in how we kind of like tiptoe around it, but I think we kind of have the gist of it there. I'm more so we cautious. don't want to do in the way that like we've said Andrew Tate does and just go like in on it and like really yeah, yeah. over exaggerate it just to get the point across yeah just so people get outraged and this yeah. is I don't care about offending anyone the only reason I would tiptoe with my words and be careful what I say is because I don't want to sound dumb I yeah. don't care if anything that I've said here that actually makes it into the video because there was we there there'll be a few cuts in this for sure mm. from Barry anyway yeah. where we kind of had to think about what we were going to say and not just come out with whatever and the only reason that it's been trimmed and the only reason that I, I said, you know, let's all, let's cut that out, let's think about what we're saying is because I don't want to sound dumb. And I don't want to not have a, a straightforward, well thought through point. Don't care if I offend anyone because yeah. it's not my responsibility not to offend anyone. Yeah. I can say whatever I want and it does not matter. It's not my responsibility. And I don't think anyone watching this anyway will be like very much on that side. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a few will kind of oppose some of the views we have, but I'm not... Even if there was equally, like we talked about, if you do, fucking message one of us. Like it's yeah, I, yeah. I want to have I, these conversations. I, I guarantee you, if I've even slightly offended anyone, no one could reach out to me and give me a valid opinion that I'd be like, okay, I was wrong. 
not just because I'm arrogant and think I'm always right, but if I have an opinion and it's well put together, like anything that'll make it into this video, you're, you're not gonna be able to message me and convince me that that is an incorrect way to think. Mm. The most will come from it is I'll just agree that your opinion is different than mine, which I'm already aware of. Yeah. So, yeah. Sweet. Thanks for coming. Yeah, yeah. Gonna go home now. <laughs>